The opinions expressed on this program are those of the host or guest and should not be interpreted as statement of fact. Independent fact-checking and corrections are encouraged. Can we get a cup of coffee in here, please? Good morning. Is it morning already? What is today? Today is Wednesday, April 27th, 2022. Happy 60th birthday to Vinny Salori. Uh, Most people don't even know who that is, but he's a good friend of mine. And today he's turning 60 years old. And I want to wish him a happy birthday. I know he's not listening. You know why I know he's not listening? Because he's probably engaged in watching a marathon long Hour, hour and a half, two hour video, happy birthday montage that I produced for him. Took half my life, took too, too much of my life to actually produce this dumb thing. Anyway, happy birthday, Vinny. Today, uh, George Rosales out of San Antonio, comedian out of San Antonio, will be joining us at 10 a.m. Look forward to speaking with him. And uh, what else is going on? Well, I'll tell you what else is going on. Absolutely nothing in my world. I am still recovering, but feeling much, much better. Thank you. Um, and it's uh, been a very long, long, frustrating um, thing. I guess it was a flu. Definitely wasn't COVID. Tested eight times now. Negative each time. So uh, well, I can't say it definitely wasn't COVID, but the tests all say it was wasn't COVID. That's all I can say about that for sure. Anyway, feeling much better. Uh, feels like the fevers are gone for the first time in eight days. So that's a good thing. I'm feeling a little better and a little in a better mood, a little exhausted and tired. Uh, weather seems to be getting better. Life is starting to pick up again <laughs> after a really depressing week of, uh, a whole bunch of things going wrong besides the health stuff. Um, so what's in the news? What's happening? What's going on in the world? Well, uh, not that much, really. That's all that, you know, people are still fixated on Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. Like, wow, man. Are we, I mean, I mean, I mean, you know, celebrity is one thing. Celebrity interest is one thing. People watching this fucking trial 24-7. Every every time I go to YouTube, there are probably 20 more videos analyzing testimony, analyzing behavior, analyzing psychology, whatever it is, on two people that nobody knows. They're not part of your life. And let's say, face it, uh, there are some people who have, have... there are friends of, of theirs who have interest in, in that uh, case. But 
for the majority of the 320 million of us in America, Johnny Depp's lawsuit is not going to affect your life anyway. Why do you care so much about it? Um, I saw a, an interview with, with Depp on uh, a clip from Letterman from uh 10 years ago now, I guess it was. He was turning 50. And, uh, man, the guy looked incredible at 50. I have to say, if I, if I kind of almost wish I was gay. <laughs> That's how good he looked. But at 50 years old, um, and he does seem like a pretty honest, I mean, as far as, you know, it's hard to tell the character of, of somebody with television screen. But he just seems like a really, like, nothing to hide, straight shooter guy. Um, her, on the other hand, seems like a trouble. I've known trouble women. Women who are just... And, and listen, we talk about toxic masculinity. Guys who just full of testosterone and just never got the right message about what being a man is all about. I think there are women who have toxic femininity who never never really got whatever for whatever reason um what being a, a decent grown-up woman is all about they're still stuck in the high school um catty little girl um adolescence you know i'm gonna get him if he breaks up with me i'm gonna hurt him all that kind of stuff and the the biggest part of it is, you know, when you take it from somebody who's been in so many relationships and failed relationships, you just got to let it go and move on with your life. If you try to be vindictive against somebody who hurt you, even if they, they were the ones who caused the pain, then almost always it's a two-way street. Almost always in relationships. It's almost always a two-way street. We don't like to look at uh, what, what, what might have I been, what part might have I played in that relationship sucking. But in most cases, we did play at least some role in a relationship sucking. Whatever, even if it was 100% the other person's fault. When it's over, you really just got to let it go and move on with your life and try to worry about you taking care of you than trying to hurt them, create lies about them, be vindictive about them. It does no good for anybody. And it, all it does is hold you back in in your own poison anyway. So I'm not really, uh, not really caring too much about whether he gets his $50 million. First of all, does she have $50 million to pay him? He's suing her for $50 million for defamation. I know celebrities make a lot of money, but Amber Heard, I mean, how many movies has she been in? And and what could her net worth be? I, I'm not going to look that up, but I don't think it. Her net worth might be close to $50 million, Maybe. I don't know. What do I know about this stuff? But I, I find it hard to believe it would be that high. And so, you know, she might be in debt for the rest of her life uh, or have a lien on everything she buys for the rest of her life if he wins, if he gets a judgment for that kind of money. Who knows? Um, 
people still freaking out about Elon Musk now. Here, here's the thing. Uh, uh, I got to stop saying here's the thing. Come up with something new to say. Not here's the thing. I'm now I'm kind of stumped at the moment. <laughs> what else I can come up with? Musk has not taken over Twitter yet. People are acting like he has. Um, the SEC has to when when companies are sold like that, Securities Exchange Commission has to approve it. That takes time. Um, it could take up to a year. Could take even longer than a year sometimes. Uh, probably will fast track that one somehow. When there's that much money behind it, people tend to grease palms and things get done a little quicker. But I wouldn't expect it to be done in less than six months. People are acting like he's already in charge. And and equating cause and effect. Oh, I got three more followers. That must be because uh, Musk took them. Musk didn't do anything yet. He can't do anything yet. Um, but they're acting like that's going to happen. And the other part of that, the sale might not ever go through. Yesterday, Tesla's stock, the company, his, his main company, his car company, lost $124 billion in value. Uh, and people ask, why? Why would that happen? Well, <clears throat> It could be a lot of reasons, and I speculate. What do, what the fuck do I know? I'm no financial expert. I really, I, I am not. I when it comes to money, you're looking at the wrong guy. I don't know. Uh... <laughs> oh, Jake likes my. Here's the thing. Well, here's the thing, Jake. Uh, good morning, Jake. Um, when it comes to money, I know absolutely none. When it comes to financial world, I, you, I'm the last guy to kind of give an analysis to it. But I think there could be a lot of reasons behind it. And Tesla shareholders get nervous when the boss starts to lose his focus, lose his attention on that company and starts putting it into Twitter. That could be it. Whatever. They got a little spooked about, and there, there are lots of theories going around that, well, Tesla drivers aren't MAGA people. Yeah, I know Tes- MAGA people who are Tesla drivers. For the most part, a lot of liberals, <laughs> uh, rich Hollywood elites, actually uh, were the early adopters of Teslas. And generally, it's not a cheap car. So you're going to have to have some money for it. So you're not getting those trailer park people who are uh, at the rallies uh, with their pickup trucks painted Trump 2020 still in 2022. Uh, those people are not Tesla drivers, but I don't think that's really the root cause of it. Um, so whatever. Let, let's uh, let's just wait and see what happens. If the sale actually goes through and see if there's any real change on Twitter. My, my gut feeling is that Twitter will be the same cesspool a year from now, that it is whether Tesla take um, must takes ownership or not, it'll still be the same cesspool it is today. I, I had a, a MAGA friend uh, talk to him last night, 
and he's uh, you got to teach me how to use Twitter. Why? Because we he's gonna let Trump back on you. Well, Trump says he's not gonna go back on, but I just want to see it. I don't, you know, I don't care about politics. Yeah, I know you don't care about politics, but you're a hardcore Trumper. <laughs> and all of a sudden, you want to get on Twitter. People are just so full of shit sometimes. Um, good morning, Cat. How are you? I I almost feel alive today. Thank you for for being here. I kind of uh, mood mood is a little bit uh, better today too. Starting to feel better. So uh, everyone acts like Musk is a monster, but forget that the only reason Ukraine has internet is because he sent them Starlink for free. No, Jake. No, 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 no. He said he was going to send them Starlink for free. You and I paid for that. The United States government footed the bill and Tesla, uh, whatever, uh, Musk uh, balked on it. That That's actually the case. And I, I don't hold that against You know what? Fucking billionaires, greed. There's always going to be greedy billionaires. Who gives a shit? It's like that, that was my whole point yesterday. Um, good morning, Mike. Uh, I can't see anything in the chat. Am I missing something? Yes, you are. I think you're in Twitter. Uh, you're in Twitch, and most of the chat is either on Facebook or YouTube. Uh, I get very little traffic on on Twitch. I'd like to get more traffic on Twitch, but uh, you know, it's for gamers and and that kind of stuff. So, no, the the chat room that of Sean. Um. Uh, is pretty active on YouTube, two different YouTube channels. We'll talk a little bit more about that. And probably nine different Facebook uh, places where it, it's seen right now. Um, so, yeah, that's where all the chats are. And that's what you're missing. Um, well, billionaires. There's always going to be billionaires. And there's plenty of reasons to be mad at how billionaires spend their money. And you could be mad at them all you want. They don't care. <laughs> um, <sighs> greed. Greed is a fucking ugly, ugly part of human nature. Most of us have it. Um, well, you're welcome to be on there. And, and listen, if you can, uh, Nat of Sean says, uh, not on either. No worries. I'll just stalk you on here. Uh, if you can, let people, if you enjoy the program, and I don't know uh, <laughs> if you are or not, but if you do, please tell your friends about it and let people know. You know, I would love to get more people on, on Twitch. I think I've been on Twitch about a year and have seen very little traffic. I know I have followers on there, but not nobody's really um, joining the live streams ever. I mean, I've seen people, some of the videos have, I don't know, not a lot of views, but some of them have hundreds of views on it. I guess people joining lately. Um, so that's, you know, that's my take on the whole billionaire stuff. There's plenty of billionaires to be mad at. And listen, we, we talk about his... <sighs> Something that's interesting, I think, is that people are angry that Musk bought or was planning to buy Twitter, and the the shareholders have approved it. 
No man should own that much. Well, Mark Zuckerberg owns uh, Facebook, Instagram, Meta, all that stuff. I think WhatsApp, too, is part of his umbrella. One man owns that stuff. There is a... Um, yeah, you did, did see uh, Nat, Sean. Uh, this, you got, obviously, Nat is of Sean, and you guys should be able to communicate and say hello, uh, but... Yes, you saw Nat on Twitch, and you're on YouTube. Anyway, these people who don't understand Twitter, you just tweet like it's not that hard. I'm so confused when people say that. When people say what? Uh, now I'm really confused. Um, where was I? I lost my train of thought. Um, with the billionaires, so Zuckerberg owns like the world in far as uh, Facebook, Instagram, Meta, WhatsApp, one man. There is a slight difference in that he built it and didn't buy it. But all these guys, all of them, were children of privilege, men of privilege, is how they got their start. Uh, you know, you talk about self-made billionaires, all these self-made billionaires, uh, Musk was a child of a uh, ruby mine owner in South Africa, right? Um, Warren Buffett, um, son of a very wealthy congressman with a lot of power who uh, and influence over corporations. And, um, even Zavos, Bezos, Bezos, <laughs> Zavos, Bezos. <laughs> It's a little, uh, still feeling a little bit of the uh, day uh, from the delirium. Um, he got $330,000 as seed money and then a lot more from contributors, uh, corporate contributors, as he was building Amazon. None of these guys started like... Uh, from scratch, from from a working man position, somebody who did not have a whole lot of uh, funding behind them. So this whole idea of self-made billionaire, it's a fabrication. There's no such thing as self-made billionaire. You don't you don't start with a lemonade stand and become a billionaire. Nobody has done that, and that's part of the myth uh, of the land of opportunity. Sure, some people have gotten to be millionaires. There are certain things, uh, such thing as a, a self-made millionaire. Um, millionaire has lost his cachet. <laughs> I know lots of millionaires who are uh, almost living week to week, paycheck to paycheck. Seriously. Uh, millionaire... It's not what it used to be. I mean, when I was a kid, there was a show called The Millionaire, and uh, Michael Anthony uh, would pick a random person to give a million dollars to, and that million dollars would ruin their life, and that was the uh, that was the whole story every week. It was a half-hour uh, television show, a fictional show, obviously. Uh, basically, somebody would give a random person a million dollars, and that person would feel like they're set for life, everything's going to be perfect, and it would ruin their life every week like a monkey's paw kind of um, treatment. That's when a million dollars meant something. Now, being a millionaire meant something. In today's world, lots of millionaires. 
yeah, I know plenty of, as I said, plenty of millionaires. Some of them actually living week to week, so it's not that, not that big a thing. Um, you weren't sure if you were seeing things. Well, now you know how I've been feeling for the last week and a half. <laughs> not sure if I'm seeing things or hearing things. Uh, I'll tell you what, uh, the flu I had or whatever it was, the uh unnamed covid strain untestable covid strain <laughs> um definitely produced a lot of i'm not sure if i'm hearing things i'm not sure if i'm seeing things and some of the wildest craziest dreams uh imaginable even when i don't know i don't want to call them dreams because i don't think i was completely sleeping it was just uh, laying there in a hallucinogenic state um good drugs Good drugs if you can get them. It's a the dog train. Um, lot to go through just to get high, but the the experience was beyond any mushroom trip, LSD trip I've I've had. I mean, really weird shit. Didn't see any ghosts. Mikey said when he had COVID, he saw ghosts, uh, and they were coming to get him. And so <laughs> that did not happen, thankfully. I haven't had any psychics on, on the program in a while. I've been thinking about getting back into that for some reason. Well, not for, for some reason. I saw a, a video of this guy in Hollywood. I forget his name now. I'm going to see if I can pick it up. The guy is uh, doing what George Anderson used to do. Um, and if you don't know George Anderson, George Anderson used to be uh, a guest, a frequent guest on my um, radio show, thirty-five years, forty years ago, and was a was known from uh, being on a show from this guy Joel Martin, who was Lo a Long Island um, name, a radio host, and he would have psychics on. George was very accurate in his readings, according to what people said. Uh, that's the part of of the whole psychic readings that um i don't know i'm not because people can say people can feel oh my god you hit that perfectly you know you're dead on how could you have known, known these things well the truth is none of those have ever really gone under any real scientific or or mathematical even um, basis for for concluding that they were right on. All we're doing is taking people's words. In other words, I'm feeling the energy of a woman who was passed. Uh, maybe she was young and she might have had some kind of, I don't know, di diabetes or uh, disease like that. And people, oh my God, how can you know that? Well, you didn't really say that much specific. What exactly are you... Uh, you know, what are the exact cases of the case you're associating that with? I can't even find the guy's name here. Um, well, this guy's a big shot in Hollywood now, and there's a Netflix documentary on Oh, maybe that's why I can't find it, because it was on Netflix. Um, yeah, it's Afterlife. Um, let me see if I can pull that up. Netflix. Now going to make me log into Netflix, right? I think the guy's name was Tyler something. Oh no, I'm already logged in. Uh continue watching Life After Death 
with Tyler Henry. You know him? Uh, I feel, I'd love to get that guy on, but he's too big now. He's selling Netflix documentaries, and it's, you know, obviously choreographed is the word I want to use. Choreographed uh, and laid out cinematography, screenplay behind this whole thing that's supposed to be a documentary. And um, Kat says, that's the edibles. I haven't had any edibles in since I saw you. <laughs> I think that's about the last time I had edibles. Um, need to get some. Haven't gotten high. I mean, marijuana high. <laughs> In 10 days now. That's part of, might, might be why I feel so crappy too. Why I felt so crappy. Uh, I have somebody great. You can talk to Christopher Allen. I'll send you a link or we can talk. Yes, I would love to talk to. Um, it's realizing that, you're saying that, realizing that I'm a, a really hardcore skeptic. And, and the more I see psychics who make a living from their gift, the more skeptical I am uh, of the whole thing. And to the point of cynic, mm, I am borderline cynic, I got to tell you, on the psychic stuff. Now, you can, we can go down the whole um, energy thing, and I'm definitely open to all the quantum physics uh, parts of human nature and the universe and all that kind of stuff. But when it comes down to and here's what it, it, it always is. It's a guy doing something like this. I'm feeling an entity. Uh, I'm getting a male energy. He's uh, on my right side. Uh, older man. Oh, yes, yes, yes. That's my father. Oh, it's your father. Oh, thank you. Okay. I want to run with that. It's almost always that. George was really good at that. Really convincing. Uh, and this Tyler Henry guy definitely convinces a lot of people uh with that too i think it's bullshit i think it's bullshit and you know uh put him in a room with james randy harry houdini <laughs> the late harry houdini if we could bring harry houdini back why not um i think you'd see a whole lot of different uh results than than uh Oh my God! You were dead on accurate. Yeah, well, what do you mean by dead on accurate? Let's let's get to the specifics here. What did he actually get right? Did he get the name right? Jim O'Connell and I went to a, a psychic show one time, and this was the uh, Long Island Medium before long before she was famous, and she was doing readings for everybody and. Uh, just walking around the audience and picking people out and she picked me out and she said i'm sensing something with your leg is it's your right leg your lower leg and no there's nothing wrong with my leg i can get up and dance right now and uh she was doing this game and she was throwing out um getting the letter m a, a female with the letter m anybody uh take to the letter oh is it mary no not mary is it maria not margaret oh yeah oh yeah a lot of that uh, fishing for I'm close enough. There's got to be somebody here who that knows a female with the letter M that has passed in a room full of 500 people 
all who came to see psychics to get answers for people that have passed. One of them got to be uh, within the Margaret Maria, Mary, Jane, any of that stuff. Uh, and so sooner or later, if we guess around, they're going to get to it. But she was working on me and didn't hit one thing. Legitimately did not hit one thing. And she was playing name games with me and all that. And Jim was laughing his ass off because I was, she was, she was looking pretty foolish. At the end of, uh, of the uh, uh, program, I went up to her. She was signing stuff for people. I said, you know, <clears throat> the name game is cute, but you should, if if you were really who you say you are, you'd hit it instantly with a non-popular name. Like you would have said Aloysius, which is my grandfather's middle name. <laughs> and you would have known that. Like, I mean, if you do that, pick one of those out of a hat. Uh, first try, not fishing around like, oh, I think I got an A. Anybody take to an Anthony, uh, Alexander, uh, blah, blah. Oh, you know, by the 19th time you hit on whatever the weird name might be. No, I want to hear it the first time. Don't, don't give me all this. And then, but the people who respond, oh, you were so dead on accurate. How could you have known that? Well, she fucking fished for a day and she got a snapper at the end of 24 hours of fishing. And you you want to call her a um, world champion <laughs> marlin fisher? She got a fucking snapper after fishing around all day. Anybody could do that. Not big on the whole psychic money. Yeah, I agree. My my so called money grabbers. Um, that's what they are. That's what they are. Uh, and so I'm gonna have some on the program uh, coming up astrology readers you know astrology in order to believe in astrology you got to go pretty far uh down the rabbit hole um to believe that because the stars were in this position on the day you were born i can tell what tomorrow's going to be for you or i can tell things about your personality based on that it's just crazy. Well, yeah, and that was the the old common thing. Every time when I on the radio show, I would I would bring that up because we callers would want to know. Yeah, you know, t- tomorrow's lottery numbers in New York State. We pick those numbers out. So just tell me who's going to win the the uh, ninth race at Aqueduct tomorrow. Uh, Penn and Teller have a great show where they debunk psychics. Yeah, and that that. There's a long history of that. They got it from James Randi. James Randi got it from Harry Houdini. I got it from Harry Houdini as well. And James Randi was kind of an uh, influence in what I was doing. I don't like when people take advantage of other people's desperation. When somebody passes, when somebody you love passes, this is something I know very intimately. There is a real need and desire to know that they haven't disappeared from the universe, that this their energy still exists somewhere. And you can believe that, and there's nothing wrong with believing that. But when you go to a psychic to try to make that connection, and here's where, where a lot of it breaks down for me, 
It's not a gift. Anybody can learn to do this, uh, and anybody can connect to those spirits that are out there. Well, if that's the case, why am I paying you? Why are you charging for this? Why don't you just tell me uh, how how you do it? Oh, I can't really say how I do it. I don't know how to figure it. It can't be written down, and everybody's got, well, this seems, you know. Most human skills are teachable. Uh, most, uh, I just had a psychic premonition uh, that Kiara was going to come in the room, and then she disappeared just like that. Amazing. Must be magic. Anyway, um, my mother never made money at it, astrology. But do you really believe, Kelly, do you believe because uh, Venus and Mars are in a certain position on the day you're born that that dictates not only just your personality and traits, but what your day is going to be like tomorrow? today's going to be like today um that's that's a far-fetched thing because every day on the planet i don't know how many people are born i was just going to come up with a number lots of babies are born in the next 24 hours on on planet earth like how many people how many people are born on planet earth every day we could look that up I'll look that up in a minute. How many people are actually born on planet Earth every day? And so all of those people are going to have the same astrology, right? You were born on April 27th, 2022, uh, while Venus was in retrograde and Mars was in Uranus. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's just too easy. Uh, Low-hanging fruit. It's all I got. It's all I got. But so that means tomorrow uh, you're going to get in a car crash. I don't know. Every single one of those people going to have the same future? What are the odds? Astrology is just, it's silliness. It's just silliness. It's saying, well, uh, and so, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, you like my, you like my Uranus. Anyway, let me bring Kira in, get her uh, position on astrology. Maybe Venus and Mars are all right tonight. This program, this section of the program is brought to you by Astrology Today. Yes, Astrology Today. No, I'm not kidding. Uh, are you an astrology fan? Uh, no. No, me neither. Right. You, it, it, you, are you a psychic? Or you believe in psychics? No. Okay. <laughs> Good. Good. Now, there's this guy on uh, Netflix, Tyler Henry. I think he's taking advantage of people. He, first of all, he's only dealing with Hollywood rich people, you know. And he's got this documentary. It's supposed to be a documentary, but it's filmed. You could tell it, it's filmed. Uh, as a film, like it, it has a script to it. They're in the car having dialogue, different camera angles all around, and all. Right. On, and he goes into all these readings, and while he does a scribble, while while he's in a room, oh, I'm getting a female energy. Oh, uh, well, her name begins with a B. Um, Barbara or Bernice, or and and sooner or later, somebody says. Uh, Betty. Oh yeah, Betty. That's who I meant. And it's just like all that stuff. And at the end of the thing, they go, "Oh, you so dead on. How could you have possibly known that stuff?" It's like, oh come on. 
very frustrating right. to me. So I want to I want to get some some of those people on and debunk them. Now I I I used to be a lot more cold hearted and, and and ruthless in debunking them. Lately, since I started the podcast, I've been kind of a softy and letting them just say what they want to say without questioning it too too deeply. But I want to get some more of them on now because that guy pissed me off. It got to the point where ah, oh, this is clearly a scam, and he's ripping right. people off, and I, I got to do something about it. So right, just want to get your right. take on it. Have you had any bad experiences or or just like people that you just so oh i've i've never i've never gone to one my friend and fa- my family my friends they go to them but i i don't even want to give them my money you okay this morning you seem a little tired you i have the worst migraine in the entire universe migraine so yeah i didn't know you get migraines oh my gosh i woke up with one and i was like fuck you just fuck you why are you in my eyes it's okay all just, right just say fuck you to it say fuck you migraine Fuck you, migraine. Thank you. Thank you. Um, you know, they, there's a thing I saw yesterday for migraines. It's this like, thing you pull over your head. A hammer to the head? It's it's uh, it's almost, It looks like you would suffocate in it. It's like a, a That's rubber. That's what I want to do. I want to <laughs> suffocate. <laughs> so... Um, What's different between about a migraine and a regular headache? I know I've heard I've had people who've had migraines before, dealt with people. Who've Let had me migraines. explain. Let me explain. You've never had a migraine? I don't okay. think so. A migraine is this aura of light that you get in front of your eye for like 30 minutes. And I went to a neurologist and she told me that's a good thing that you get the aura. It's like this pattern of light. It looks like a crescent moon and you can't see anything for 30 minutes. She says, well, that's good because it gives you a warning. So you can like prepare for what's coming. Oh. So um, after that, there's brain splitting pain and sometimes vomiting for, can, I don't know, the we, pain lasts all day. Can we get to vomiting on the show? Yeah. Um, so this section of the show is brought to you by real life vomiting real life vomiting and i'd like to demonstrate to you now okay we've had vomiting (laughs) on the show before you're not the first you wouldn't be the first we've had had no who who vomited on the show come on andy andy he was in the hospital he called from the day he had his cancer surgery he called in oh my gosh like an hour after he woke up (laughs) and uh he he was talking and all of a sudden well i got he, he had to vomit. I said, you want us to pull away? You want to like, take you up? <laughs> he said, no, I need the donation. It was like a sympathy play, I guess. Oh, like, my gosh. Like... <laughs> Jeez. That's, that's terrible. That's Andy. Yeah, no, he's crazy. <laughs> he's insane. Obviously, it was a joke, but I, the vomit was real, I think. I think it was. He had the vomit bag. And it was, you know, because what they did was they rewired his gut. They with pancreas and stuff, so they re, oh my god, we were redirecting bile. <laughs> Ooh, I know. Ew. Just just saying that makes me want to puke. Right. So you want me to let it get you uh, done and out of here? So let, let's get to it. What's give me the happy migraine news? Okay, the happy migraine news today. Um. All right. I thought this was pathetic, but so that's why <laughs> I, I found it. So this is from UPI. 
And uh, it says India breaks the world record with 78,220 flags waved simultaneously. Flags? Flags. Right. All the Indian uh, government announced the okay. Guinness World Record was broken in the country when, I'll say it again, 78,220 people waved national flags simultaneously. <laughs> that is pretty lame. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> Every time I hear Guinness, I'm thinking, what the hell they pay? How much did Guinness charge them for this? Because Guinness is, is uh, right up there with, with the psychics, with the uh, scam. Right. I, I got to start my own record book and start charging people less than Guinness does. And be a or charge now. more. You know? Yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know so. what you like this. But, yeah, like you know, for, for the potathon... And it turns mm -hmm. out we weren't even close to the record. I don't know how this slipped through. The old, I guess um, Dystopia Tonight never even claimed the record with Guinness because they did 96 hours straight of live stream, which I didn't even oh know was possible. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah, without sleeping. Wow. I, at, at 40, I was just like a complete retard. I mean, I, <laughs> I had no brain cells left to operate on. I couldn't talk. I was, you know, seeing things run across the screen that weren't there, you know, hallucinating DTs, whatever they call it, at 40 hours. And Jamie fell asleep. He was out cold, snoring. Uh, I can't imagine 96 hours. I don't know how they did that. But so, but Guinness wanted to charge me uh, 20, I think it was $22,000 with the final, $22,50, something like that. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Yeah. It's not worth so what, it. So what would they charge these Indian people for waving flags to get in there? This is what I'm curious about. Like how much? I, I have they no price, idea. Price per flag. Because <laughs> they got to count them all, right? To, to, they have to sit there and count them all to, to verify it. That's I a have job. no idea. The only thing I know is the previous record of 56,618 flags was set by sports board Punjab at the National Hockey Stadium in Pakistan in 2014. So Pakistan and India have been at, at odds for a lot of things, but now it, it's flag-waving is, is their big competition. Wow. Wow. But uh, And that, that was interesting because the record was 56, whatever you just said, 56,718, yeah. whatever. I would just go for the same number, just make 18, 19. Just add one more flag to get to it. Why go 22,000 more? Right. Right. Because because they wanted to do it bigger and better. You know? One, one more is bigger and better. Right. <laughs> I agree. I All agree. right. Go rest up, man. Take care of your head. If you don't want to come back next half hour or next hour, you don't have to. I mean, if you're not feeling it, don't do it. Take care of yourself. Go. Uh, I'm to blow my brains out. No, 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 You're not going to do that. Just get like a, a hot tub, put the thing over your eyes, whatever, get a glass. Maybe Put the glasses. hot tub on my eyes, yes. Just go right. to someone's hot tub and stick my head in it. Oh, yeah. man. Well, I'm sorry you feel that way. I feel better. That's all right. Thanks. All right. Let, let, where's my button to get you out of here? Uh... My head is starting to hurt just thinking about migraines. That's terrible. That's terrible. I had a girlfriend who had migraines, but it, um, she would not have been able to show up 
even this morning. She just sent me a letter. I can't do it. And I would have had to understand that. I mean, listen, maybe they come, maybe they come in different degrees of um, severity, <laughs> pain. Uh, but the girlfriend I had that, that suffered with migraines, she wouldn't be able to get out of bed. She wouldn't be able to talk. It was just like, you know, an impossible thing. Mike said, did you see the final destination? No. We, uh, first of all, one thing people should never ask me of is I have, I've seen. <laughs> I am so out of the loop on everything culturally significant. If it's a movie, I have not seen one of the Batman. Well, I saw the original Batman movie with Michael Keaton. When did that come out? Um, probably 30 years ago. That's I saw that one. I did not see any of the Spider-Man movies. Didn't see any of the uh, any movies. I didn't see any movies since The Godfather, <laughs> since that first Batman. Don't see a lot of. Don't pay attention. Don't care. Television shows. Don't know any of them. Jackie mentioned Entourage yesterday. I was like I heard of it. <laughs> Everybody knows that show. Couldn't tell you. Couldn't tell you anything about it. So, uh, no. Have I seen? I've seen nothing. I know nothing. I'm like, uh, that's what I did see. I saw Hogan's Heroes in the 1960s, and I know Sergeant Schultz. I know nothing. Last night, Richard Schultz, speaking of Schultz, was my guest on the uh, Mind Dog TV podcast. Hadn't been doing a lot in the last week with that. And I'm definitely slowing down. I'm probably going down to one show a week with that. Very soon. Uh, but uh, the show last night was about transforming intelligence for irregular war. Something I've been talking about in not so um, haughtier sounding uh, dialogue <laughs> uh, a lot about how war is changing. Here we are in 2022. Still killing each other to solve differences. And the idea of war crimes, like you can fight a war and there are ways that war is supposed to be fought that are acceptable as, you know, that's all legitimate legal war. And then there's illegal war. And so the discussion is about how intelligence, intelligence, you know, Colin used to say military intelligence, you know. Um, man, I'm just like such a senior moment. But, you know, military and intelligence don't go together. <clears throat> to counter each other out. The idea that we are still killing each other to solve differences and that we sanction some ways, but other ways are bad ways. It's bizarre. And so it's okay to kill people as long as they're wearing a military uniform. But if they're a civilian, you can't kill them. That, why are you calling me a moron? <laughs> Mike says oxymoron. Uh, yeah, that's the word I was looking for. Why don't call me an oxymoron? Um, 
it's okay to kill people as long as they're wearing a uniform. That this is just a bizarre concept for me because those people who they can they take off their uniform at the end of the day and they're just like those civilian people. Civilian people didn't sign up for the war. Well, nobody wants fucking war. Nobody's really signing up for war. I suppose there are a few fucking crazy bastards. Patton, low war. But we're at a place where we're not seeing because I try to get to and when I've had generals whack on it, I asked them this too. What is the end game? When does war stop? When does the only real if they're being honest and nobody will say this honestly, the only way to end war is when one person wins the entire planet. So in that sense, we're all fucking Hitler. We all want to fucking dominate the world. We all want to be the boss. And until somebody wins that, then we're going to be in a constant state of fighting for that. How, and this is where religion really fucking pisses me off, because almost all these wars have a religious component, believing that God is part of this. Well, almost all these religions come back to all God's children, one God who created all of us, but wants some of us to kill the others so we can dominate. And that's the endless state we're in. The uniform represents the enemy that will kill you. Uh, does it? Because in Russia, and let, we'll go back to Vietnam. We don't even have to say the Russian-Ukraine thing yet, uh, get into that, because we were all over the map on, on wars. We were talking about Iraq and all that, and Iraq too. In Vietnam, the enemy was not always wearing uniforms. The, and especially in today's world, um, the guys, on, if you believe the all of the narrative about 9-11, the men on the planes were not wearing uniforms. Uh, no, not unless they have a red cross. Listen to me, Mike. <laughs> the people in Vietnam, the people were civilians. The, the people fixing the roads for supplying the bombs, uh, bomb runs in the Ho Chi Minh Trail were civilian women. People shooting soldiers were civilians dressed as you know, mothers, daughters. In Iraq, we had the same thing. Suicide bombs by mothers carrying backpacks full of bombs. They're not wearing uniforms. War is not. So you could say, yeah, well, the uniform is the people, signifies the people who want to kill you. No, when you're invading a country, as Russia is doing in the Ukraine, there are atrocities. Russia's killing civilians and raping the women and all that stuff. But I guarantee you, those women and 
and I'm not excusing the behavior in any way. Those women are the enemy. They would do anything to kill those soldiers. War is about killing each other. Uniform or no uniform. And so to say, well, one way is good murder and one way is bad murder is the thing that is going to keep us murdering each other for eternity until we wipe each other off the planet. It's a very dark place to go on a morning show that's supposed to be light. But the the, the fact of the matter is war is a never-ending game. And so when we come down to nationalism or globalism, it's all about globalism. People, wow, nationalism. I want to wave the flag of this nation. No, what you really want is this nation to rule the world and be the in charge of the globe. So it's all globalism. It all ends up being globalism. All and even every country's national nationalism. The only ones who don't have it are the people, the jungle people, <laughs> the lost civilizations, the lost tribes. They are not under the um the spell of wanting to rule the world because they don't know the whole world's out there. What's the answer? I don't know, but I this is why I ask them, the experts, what's the end game here? Where does it all end? Do we ever have do we ever have no war? Not under this current situation of Russia, China, US believing they are superpowers and uh, the only no, there's no such thing as a superpower. Everybody is vulnerable, especially. And I keep coming back to this idea that nineteen goat fuckers with box cutter knives brought the superpower to its knees for a week, and we were in a state of panic. Nine eleven, anthrax panic all over. If you're old enough to remember, and most of you are. It wasn't just the towers and the Pentagon and all that stuff. It's the weeks that followed. Everything was looking over your shoulder, wondering. And there were anthrax scares. And, and uh, there was a jet that went down legitimately uh, near JFK in Jamaica Bay. And everybody was thinking, oh, it's another terrorist attack. We were, we were on eggshells, pins and needles, whatever you want to call it, freaking out at every little thing. Because of dudes who weren't wearing a uniform. So where does that all end? Does it ever end? Is there ever an end to war? I Sadly, I think not. I think we are doomed to fight each other, to kill each other, until we wipe each other off the planet. That's where, uh, man, that's a dark thought. And, when, and this is how I phrase it to... Uh, after a show last night, it's like, how do you sleep with all this idea, you know, all, all these ideas in your head, and the idea that Putin is floating nuclear war? Well, how do we possibly not retaliate if he launches a, a tactical nuclear strike against NATO with nuclear war, nuclear weapons? How do we stay out of it at that point? The 
gut instinct for humans is to react in vengeance is and it's really hard it's really hard to be don corleone and say i want no acts of vengeance i'll seek no acts of vengeance for my boy i have another son no there's none of, none of that in reality in in nations national leaders presidents and kings and dictators the idea is always to retaliate is to always to form some kind of vengeance uh now, again mike i disagree 911 terrorism that's what brought this country together everyone was a patriot no no that's that was the illusion uh we we had a common enemy for a day we we i i understood what you meant 911 um that's not we weren't patriots we were we had an identified a scapegoat an enemy the reason that we weren't what we wanted to be and some people saw that as okay and some people some people were quick to bang the drums of war we got to strike back we got to strike back we were struck back against a nation, but it, a nation that wasn't wasn't part of the attack. Listen, Afghanistan was being it was a wild west place, and the Taliban were giving refuge to Al Qaeda at the time. But we we didn't just go after Al Qaeda. Or we didn't just go after the Taliban. We bombed Afghanistan and invaded the country of Afghanistan and wanted to say, well, since they used your country, mostly Saudi Arabians, we're going to take over Afghanistan and be there for 20 years. That's how we ended up in in a war that we won nothing from. We wasted several trillion dollars, $20 trillion, something like that over 20 years and got nothing out of it and never could get anything out of it. And we knew that going in because Russia had already done it for 20 years and failed. We watched them and there's nothing to win there, but it gave the government a lot of excuses to implement eavesdropping on all of us uh, to, you know, basically take away a lot of your freedoms based on your fear of the boogeyman. Uh, yeah, not even a quart of oil. Well, oil, the people wanted to say it's all about oil. It wasn't all about oil. It, there were, it was, of course, when we're talking about energy supplies and all that stuff, it's about keeping oil flowing uh, and all that stuff. And that was a big part of the incentive for it, but not even close to all of it. A lot of it was government power, government control. Once people are afraid and have identified the common enemy, it's easy to get them to go along with giving up some of their freedoms. We were happy. We were happy to give the NSA, you know, the Patriot Act uh, meant, 
you can spy on Americans, listen to our phone calls, do whatever you want. We'll give up all those freedoms in the name of security. Are we more secure today? We haven't had that kind of terrorist attack since on, on our soil. Doesn't mean we're more safe. We have we have an Al Qaeda base up in New York, in Hamburg, New York. Uh, so, and not just one. There are many in in the United States. So, are we more secure because of that? Listen, I didn't want to go down this whole thing. I don't know what got me started on the whole war slow because it's talking about uh, Dr. Schultz last night. And but where this all leads with the endless state of war that we're in it's a really fucking dark place and i don't want to go there this morning and i did go there because i'm i'm worried i'm worried that nuclear war might actually happen in the next couple of weeks not just yeah it used to be we that was always someday we might get in a nuclear war now it's like tomorrow next week we might be in a nuclear war Fucking scary shit. Anyway, today's brought, show is brought to you by Koa Coffee. I got some. I'm going to freshen some up. Uh, I see George is in the background there. I'm going to bring him in in just one minute. But right now, I want to tell you about Koa Coffee. It's one of the best coffees in the world. One of the top 10 coffees in the world. It's rated by Forbes magazine. Uh, of course, Forbes, the old capitalist rag that it is. <laughs> uh, they say Koa Coffee is the best in the United States of America. And so... I'm going to go on a limb, a very short limb, very thin short limb with a big fat belly and fall right off to say that cold coffee is the best coffee I have ever tasted. So if that's the case, being the coffee aficionado that I am, it's the best in the world. So cold coffee, get yours. I'm going to go run quickly, get mine, and I'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Koa Coffee. If you are a coffee connoisseur and want to experience the best coffee Hawaii has to offer, no blends, no compromise, try the true taste of aloha. Koa Coffee produces premium Hawaiian coffee, hand-picked, expertly roasted, and delivered from Hawaii to your door with aloha. From award-winning 100% Kona coffee grown on the slopes of the Mauna Loa volcano to the unique mocha beans of Maui, they strive to provide their loyal customers with the best quality and freshness. Since 1997, Koa Coffee has been known far and wide as a product of utmost quality, and their awards prove it. Koa Coffee was featured in Forbes' Top 10 Coffees of the World. This is the coffee Forbes called the best coffee in America. Find out what it's all about. Go to minddogtv.com slash coffee. <coughs> Oh, that looks like good coffee. Look at that steam coming over there. And here she comes. She's going to come back with me for coffee, right? Hey, you. Turn around. I got coffee. You? Not interested? Uh, she always runs away. Anyway, thanks for sticking with us. Cold coffee. Get your cold coffee. I got a fresh cup of cold coffee here. It's delicious coffee. Uh First time in eight days I made the coffee, not my wife, and that's why it's really good today. Uh, she, she just loves weak coffee. What's the point of weak coffee? Oh, you make it too strong. No. Coffee has to be strong. There's, there's no point in having weak coffee. That's like having a weak weightlifter. 
I am grasping at metaphors and uh, similes and that kind of stuff. George Rosales is a stand-up comedian out of San Antonio, Texas, uh, which is um, home of the Alamo, right? No. Uh, a a uh, very cool town, very fun place to be. I'm wondering what the comedy scene is there. Is, uh, is every comic from San Antonio thinking, hmm, Austin, everybody's moving to Austin. Well, uh, we'll find out. We'll ask George about that. He's here now. Let's welcome him in. George Rosales, welcome, welcome to Coffee with the Dog. What's going on, man? How you doing? All right. How you doing? You got a television on or something in the background or something? I, well, I'm actually at work, so I got people here. I can, uh, I can shift if you need me to. Yeah, you do whatever you need to do. This is cool. If you're okay with where you are, we're okay with where you are. Yeah, so, I mean, as long as I can hear me well, we're good to go. Yeah, cool. Uh, so, how are you, my friend? Are you uh, good, doing good this morning? It's early. I know it's 9 a.m. where you are, and I apologize for getting you up early, but that's when the show No, no, no. Like I said, I'm here at work anyway, and it's funny that you're doing, like, a coffee thing, because I'm actually a barista for, like, during my day. My day job is barista, so day I'm, job. I'm, I'm surrounded by coffee all the time. Okay, so have you heard of Koa Coffee, Hawaiian Coffee? I have not until now. Ah, what what we're kind of coffee? Starbucks people. Oh, Starbucks. So we, we just serve some of this stuff, but we're not an actual Starbucks. So it's good because we don't have to live up to their standards, but the people come in anyway because they see the signs. So it's All just right. a way to how to get them in. All right, educate me here. What is a latte? <laughs> so, so a latte is just two shots of espresso and milk. And uh, it, it's crazy because it's so similar to cappuccino, which is two shots of espresso and foam milk. But it's crazy how people like get it so confused and then get mad at us when we have too much foam or not or too much milk or all this little thing. It's so it's so tedious coffee. I hate it so much, <laughs> but it's a living so. <laughs> right. Uh, so that that's interesting. So it's is it any really difference from from store bought coffee from like no. you make your own. <laughs> no. no. The only difference is it costs seven dollars a cup. That's the only right, That's right. The only difference, honestly. Interesting stuff, man. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So, how long have you been in the coffee business? Uh, like about four years now. Wow. Well, see, yeah. I work in a hotel, so that's that's usually. So I, I started in a hotel like nine years ago, and I've worked throughout the entire food and beverage. Uh, departments and now I've landed on at the coffee shop last. San Antonio, you get a big tourist, uh, people a big tourist town, or no people coming to see the Alamo. What else is there? Uh, the Alamo, I mean, honestly, the river walk is, is really nice. People come and check that out. It's mostly just the culture and stuff like that. Like, people really love coming here, uh, to just like listen to mariachis in the streets, or we have so many bars around this around the area. Like my hotel is actually right across the street from the Alamo, so it's like it's so many people come just to, just to be able to see the Alamo when they wake up. You know what I mean? Yeah. What What is your impression of the Alamo? You You get any? Um... To be honest with you, I've been I've been like because I remember going to the Alamo when it was a field trip destination as a kid, but like now it's just a bus stop to me. You know right. what I mean? Like yeah, because yeah. I, I used to catch a trolley there to go to see. Uh, to go meet somebody like on the other side of the city, and it was just a bus stop to me. So I'm like, oh yeah, I gotta go sit in front of the Alamo for 15 minutes until I get picked up. Yeah, uh, you know, but it, so it's got no like um, no beautiful. historic. It is beautiful. It's beautiful for me. So like we, we, like I said, we grew up going to it as as, as a 
a um, field trip destination. So I mean, we got our history out of it as kids, but now as an adult, especially working across the street from it, I see it every day. So it's yeah. like people come in like, oh, I'm here to see the Alamo. Like, why? But I get it there. To them, it's the historical. It's the same thing when I went to New York and I told people, oh, we're going to go see the Statue of Liberty. And blah, blah, blah. Like, oh, it's just an island here. Like, it's not that big a deal to everybody uh, yeah. over there. You know what I mean? So the same thing here is like, our, we don't get to, I guess, appreciate how much really what it is. You know, yeah. seeing it every day. Well, I think about the history of, of really what happened at the Alamo, and I just sort of feel like it's got to have some kind of residual energy there. But I guess if you see it every day, you don't ever ever think about that or think about no, uh, the significance of it. I've seen ghosts there, too, which is, I think that's the crazy part to me. Cool. You, can see, you see ghosts there in the morning, because like, I used to come in at 4 in the morning, so I'm walking around there, and you would see... Like, I mean, shadows, of course, like walking like in the windows and stuff like that. It could be people. A lot of people die there. It's ghosts to me. <laughs> I to me, it's ghosts. I don't care if it's a security guard. It was a ghost. That was a ghost. Uh, yeah, so I, that's funny because we were starting, I started talking about psychics and, and that stuff before in the afterlife. I saw this special on this, uh, this guy who, uh, on Netflix who was basically, I think, ripping off Hollywood elites, so, you know, would basically tell me you could put him in touch with the afterlife. Are you a believer in the afterlife and, and, and psychics and all that stuff? Uh, so psychics, not really. Ghosts, for sure. I think ghosts. I, I think not everybody gets to heaven. <laughs> and I don't think everybody deserves to go to hell. So I'm guessing there's got to be some sort of in-between. <laughs> like, in the way. You know what I'm saying? And I think especially with so much death that happened at the Alamo. You know what? It's upsetting, too, because, like, when I'm leaving, the only thing I'll do that. When I'm leaving, I'll see people like taking selfies and, and like doing TikToks in front of the Alamo. Like, people died there. What are you doing? Like, this is. A, <laughs> I saw that at the uh, at when I went to um, when I went to the in something when I was in New York and I saw the 9/11 towers, the uh, the Freedom Area or whatever. People were just having fun and taking selfies. Like, do you not know what happened here? Right. Like, why are you smiling? And those people, the only people that can take victory laps around there are the Muslim people. That's it. If you're not Muslim, don't be smiling in front of me. Don't be smiling in front of me. Because oh, <laughs> they're the only ones that deserve a victory lap there. Other than that, you say that's your first, brutal, my friend. You're you're gonna get canceled for that joke. I get pretty quickly. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, that's cool. I like a comic who's not afraid to say something, even though it might offend some people or all that stuff. If it's funny, it's funny. <laughs> well, me and my brother, it's funny that you said that because me and my brother have a podcast and we talk, we, we make our jokes. We we don't do it in ill intent. We just do it because we think it's funny. Right. But a lot of people come at us like, hey, you know, uh, God, be careful. You don't want to get canceled in the future, especially if we do make it out of, you know, comedy and stuff like that. So. That's a huge distinction, and I'm glad you said that because there are a lot of people now who got, are looking for, they want to be quote-unquote edgy. So they're looking for ways to say stuff that will be offensive, but not with the intent of being funny first. I think the intent to being funny first, and then if it's offensive to some people, who gives a shit? I don't care if people get, but if I come at it, like, what can I say to really shock You're people? looking for shock value, exactly, shock value. And you see that a lot in open mics. Like, that's where you see that most, is in open mics, is where people come in there, they think, oh, well, comedians are just talking shit and blah, blah, blah. And then they go up there and same thing, they just try to say the most offensive thing they can think of, just so people can, oh, or, you know, right. whatever. You're and, edgy. And, and it makes us look bad because it makes people think like, oh, well, that's all comedians do is talk, you know, mess because they want to upset everybody. But it's like right. that. It's like, we never, I never do with malintent. Like, even that Muslim joke. 
It's just a joke. I bet. You know what I mean? It's, it's just a joke. It's never out of malintent. It's never out of trying to hurt anybody. You're just trying to be funny. Right. Um, so you're at work. Do you have uh, time for, to, to stick with us for a while? Yeah, or? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, no, good. yeah, I already told them. I was like, hey, I got something to do. I'm like, so they're really cool. But they support my comedy here a lot, which I'm glad. Because I've been cool. here for so long, and I've been starting here, and, and people like really supporting. So they let me do what I got to do. Now, in a coffee shop, have you ever done, like, comedy in in a place like you work, like in a coffee coffee house? So the little shop that we have is too small. But like I said, the whole hotel. So we have nearly... We have a uh, uh, a banquet for the employees and stuff, and I've hosted the banquets like four years in a row. Uh, hosted for them, so like I would go talk mess about the managers, mess around real quick, like real Oscars kind of stuff. Like, oh, Rick, you know, my GM's here, and blah 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 blah. And then I would hand out uh, a little awards that they had here, like People's Choice Awards for like you know best uh, uh, attitude, you know, most enthusiastic, all this stuff. And I've actually won uh, the funniest here. Uh, every year that I've hosted, I've ended up winning the funniest. So. <laughs> sounds like a conflict of interest to me. That sounds like the thing yeah. might be rigged a little bit. Yeah. Oh yeah. Totally. I, I never. It could be somebody else's name. I never call anybody else's name. It's always mine. Uh, comedy scenes now. Texas uh, and you know people who've never been there. Texas is 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 a country. It really is yeah. a country. Oh, no, for sure. And, and so is there a big difference between San Antonio and Austin right now as far as comedy scenes go? Well, so see, like, I mean, it's funny because we, we talk about that all the time, especially in San Antonio, uh, because, like, Austin, to me, like, Austin is, I mean, of course, it's a great city, and blah, 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 but I think with them, it's they all, they, like, learn from each other, and they all have the same cadence. You know what I mean? They all have the same, like, da-da-da, boom. Like, set up punchline, set up punchline. Real quick, with San Antonio, everybody seems here to have their own voice. You know what I mean? Everybody's their own person. So you can tell when you hear a joke, oh, that was a, you know, George Rosales joke. Oh, that was a Jewish, Jubilee's joke. Oh, that was a this joke, that joke. That you can understand, like, that everybody is their own separate person. And I appreciate that more than just everybody copy and paste, copy and paste, copy and paste. But, of yeah. course, people respect Austin way more. So, like, if you would go to, like, Austin and say, oh, I'm a San Antonio comic, all of a sudden they look down on you. Which is bad. It's I don't see why. Just because we're from a smaller city, or not smaller city, but a less known scene uh, than Austin, which is a shame because I think San Antonio has so much talent here, so much uh, 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 like history, so much tradition, so much culture that this I feel like San Antonio should be seen more bigger than Austin, honestly. Yeah. But I think yeah. Austin's where the white people are at, so that's where they're gonna go, and that's where the money's at. Yeah. Ah, ah, now and that's why Joe make Rogan it. went over there, and that's why Tom Segura went over there, and that's why Dave Chappelle's out there because everything's that's where the money's at, right? Yeah, I, I, I try to figure well, I thought it started with the music scene with, with South by Southwest starting there, and I couldn't figure out why South by Southwest started there because to me, uh, West Texas was always the place where, where the music was was cooler. I mean, uh, I grew up definitely loving uh, alternative rock and that alternative rock that had a West Texas swing type of feel. And all of that stuff came from West Texas. And I was really confused why Austin became the mecca for the music scene. But I thought that the comedy scene followed basically because the music, the music scene, all those clubs were already there. Yeah, let's, yeah. let's face it, if you're going to rip people off, you're going to pay a musician. You're going to pay him $125 for well, to play a gig. You're going to pay a musician, uh, comedian nothing, and they're going to come yeah. in. Who, who are you going to get? <laughs> go with it. Yeah, for sure. It's crazy how much, like, 
most mostly comedy as much as everybody wants to make money and wants to make it it's all favors it's all just hey i'll do it for the stage time you know what i mean just to happy to be able to get on stage and do your, and do your material in front of other people like, and kind of just push your your uh what's the one I'm like get bigger you know what i right. mean like more exposure that's it. more exposure you know what i mean so it's free it's easy to just do it for free and uh and just for the stage time you know what i mean so it's 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 something. I love, I love stand-up, though. It's, it's fun. It's, it's fun. I've been doing it since I was a little kid. So. You've been doing it since you were a little kid? When when uh, really did it start? How, how well, well, so technically, I've been doing it for four years. But I had took a hiatus before the pandemic and all that. Uh, so I took like a year before the pandemic hit. I, I stopped for a while. And then the pandemic hit. So then it made me want to like, oh, well, when am I going to go back? Uh, so when clubs opened up again, we, me and my little brother actually went back. I went to it. And, uh, and now we're wrapping up our first year uh, in stand-up now. Wow. Coming I mean, May, yeah, this next month we're wrapping up our first year. And it's been a crazy year. We've actually so many bookings and so many shows. and just, it's, it's fun, man. It's a wild ride. Yeah, uh, tell tell people what stylistically are you? Do you work clean? Do you do? You, uh, you uh, I can work clean. I'm not really clean. Uh, I'm more of a storyteller, personally. Like I, I had so many like just crazy things that like done in my life and all this stuff like that. That I uh, uh, that I like telling like like bringing in the point and then wrapping it up with a story. So you kind of see that I do have experience in what I'm talking about, and I'm not right. just talking out of my butt. Um, but and so I, that's where I feel. But like I said, I've been since 12 years old. Like I knew that I wanted to do this. So like I've always just kind of like watched movies and a lot of stand up and a lot of things to get timing, timing and cadences and how does he do it and how do they do it and da 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 until I finally got on stage and it was second nature to me. You know what I mean? The light hit and I just never looked back. You know what I mean? It was such a such a drug from the getting a first genuine laugh from people that you don't know. Because uh, it's, I mean, anybody can make their friend laugh, you know what I mean? But getting a genuine laugh from people you don't know is such a drug to me. Yeah, so, I, I experience that all the time with, I have lots of friends who, you know, uh, they make their friends laugh and all, and people always say, well, you should be a comedian, you should be a comedian, and I'm like holding my tongue in the back saying, you don't understand the difference between... It's a different monster. Yeah, being able to make your friends laugh over a story you're telling and being able to get on stage and present it to a room full of strangers who don't know you and you have to do it in a way that makes sense to people who aren't going to give you 15 minutes to tell, tell an awkward story or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's exactly. I mean, you see, I'm telling you, you see that a lot in open mics. It's, it's a lot of guys. Like, there was a guy this last Tuesday. There's usually our big guy to open mic here in San Antonio. Uh, and there was this guy that came out. We were because there's a little area for the comics to go out, smoke cigarette, you know, hang out, BS. Uh, he came out. And he's like, "Yeah, I'm filming for TikTok, and I, uh, uh, I'm excited. You know, I have some jokes written down. You know, blah blah blah." He goes on stage and he does jokes that you could just Google. Like one of his jokes was like, oh, "What do you do when your uh, when your dishwasher stops working? You know, smack her on the ass and tell her to get back to work." Like <laughs> I remember that joke in eighth grade. Like you going on stage to get TikTok things with that. And then the funniest thing to me is his last joke was that he was what's the best thing about like uh, what is it? I think having sex with twenty eight year olds. And he said there's twenty of them, but somebody you step on his punchline in the crowd. Somebody else, there's twenty of them. And he just went ah ah yeah okay. And they just got off stage. And it's like he realized it's not just you know you can go up there and knock knock who's there. Like you gotta actually present something. You're not just gonna go up there and do laffy taffy jokes. That is so funny, especially this morning to me, because uh, I, Jackie Martling, who is a uh, regular on the show, formerly of the Howard Stern Show, he was on yesterday, and he okay. made he made a 
45 year career of doing exactly that, telling old really? jokes. I mean, that's all he. I mean, I mean, if it works, more power to you. Honestly, it didn't work for this dude, but more power to you if you can make a career out of it. Go for it. Yeah, well, and you know what? He had that. He's made a career out of that. Yeah, and he's had joke lines, and his TikTok is taking off right now. And I was oh, okay. looking at his TikTok, and basically that's all it is—is is jokes like that. Like there's one uh, uh, that. On stage? I, yeah, he does it on wow. stage, but he also wow. does, you know, he's had a joke on 922 Wine for years. He made his bi biggest success in life, I guess, was writing jokes for Howard Stern. Okay. But because he's had this encyclopedic knowledge of old jokes, uh, he can turn a conversation and write down a real good comeback really quick. So it does okay. give you some training and that kind of stuff. But it's just, yeah, but I hear what you're saying. I mean, uh, to, to just to be able to tell, regurgitate old jokes in that way. But uh, I'll say this. Norm MacDonald, who was, was really, really a top-of-his-game type of guy, the end of his uh, run, uh, end of his life was all about being on talk shows and finding a way to tell those jokes in a story format that could last, like he'd go on Conan and tell the moth joke or the Polish sausage joke, which is yeah, an yeah. Old, an extremely old joke. Take eight Fair. minutes to tell what would really be a 30-second joke about the, the Polish and with Martin, joke. I mean, I was right, I'm sorry, with Norm Donald, though, he, his, his, just the city, his timing and his, his just his cadence, his rhythm is just what I'm telling you, because even his face, when he's not saying anything, just him thinking about saying the next line and that smirk automatically, just you lose your mind, and it's it's... That's something special, you know what I mean? That's very something special that you can eat that that you just, I mean, I don't know if you can even learn it or pick it up or something, but that's that just that that even your thought of you saying the next line is getting people to laugh already. Is it's tough it's tough, but it's magic, you know what I mean, when you can get it done right. Yeah. Um, you know that that that's that's true. Um William Conway said uh who's gonna be here tomorrow, he says it's not respected comedically, but it it entertains the crowd. That's true. I mean for sure. Part you get of, the money for it, go for it. I mean, get your money up. Nobody's gonna try to stop you from getting your money. Yeah. Part of and I've been talking about this forever, from the music standpoint, from as a musician. There are musicians who, who care too much about impressing other musicians, about what other musicians are going to think about them, and not necessarily what the audience at large who are not musicians, who are the people who are actually paying for your living, uh, trying to impress them. Sometimes they don't care about uh, how you know artistically pure your stuff is they just want to get up and sing and dance and all that stuff and those are the people stuff, you're entertaining yeah. but there are guys who get caught up in uh you know wanting to impress other musicians and that's that's definitely not and i could see that happening in comedy too where you really I, I, that's insane. that's even the same in the comedy scene and it's not everybody you know there's certain people where like if you like if we're something open mic because i mean we we all go to the same open mic so we see each other all the time we've all heard each other's material 30 million times like it's 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 so we don't all stick around to watch while they're doing their set at an open mic like we'll be outside hanging out or whatever and there are certain comics that go out and wow guys thanks for checking out my stuff you know wow like thank i'm glad you guys watched me like dude we've seen your material we know what you're going to talk about already we don't need to we don't need to watch it every time i'm not like that i i think i feel like i'm funny and if somebody's going to tell me otherwise then that's fine i'll take care of their the criticisms with a grain of salt but for the most part I know if I what I usually gauge it by the crowd. If the crowd laughs, 
I don't need anybody else to tell me anything else. You know right. I mean? That's a, uh, you, you kind of stunned me there. Have, have you ever, I've never, I couldn't imagine ever telling somebody, I don't think you're funny. Has, has that, somebody actually. Oh, no, that's, those are fighting words. <laughs> those uh, are fighting words with me. I've been, I pride myself on trying to be funny. Yeah, yeah. You tell me that, I'll hit you. <laughs> I don't care, I don't care where we're at. I've fought children before for that. <laughs> Uh, but no, no, I've never had that. You know what? I have recently because there's, there's uh, some opportunities that I have gotten uh, in clubs here in the city that I've heard whispers, of course, through the through the grapevine and stuff and nothing like official. But I've heard people like, oh, well, why did he get that? Like, he didn't deserve that. It was that and the other. I've heard stuff like that, but I've never like I don't I don't worry about stuff. I don't follow up with anything. Like, I don't care about that. I'm because I'm still getting those opportunities. You know what I mean? So it's like somebody sees that I'm funny enough to do it. And they're not the ones booking the show, so what am I worried about them talking about it? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but other yeah. than that, I've never really gotten any kind of hate here in the city, at least. That's interesting. Are, are you? Uh, what are your goals? Are you looking to to kind of be get on the road? Because you know, it's an old adage that G, even Jesus wasn't a, a hit in his hometown. He had to go <laughs> on the road to kind of to make it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so are, are, do you have any plans on that, or are you just sticking around, refining your uh, your your stuff in San Antonio? But do you have plans to ever be a road uh, so guy? We, oh yeah, for sure. Like I mean, I, the, the ultimate goal for me here is to to, uh, to be you know, a, you know a comic, a famous comic, or a good comic. I don't, see, so I was there's the, I'm t- I teeter because sometimes I want the lifestyle. I want to be the guy that sells out Madison Square Garden. That's gonna be the funniest dude. I want to be seen as the top five funniest guys in the world, like all this stuff. But then there's a half of me that just wants to be happy doing something comedically, that a, a nice living, just a good house in a good neighborhood. I'm doing something I love, and that's it. And I'm I would be happy with that. But then there's a drive in me that also wants to be the guy that wants to be seen as, as the Mount Rushmore of funniest of all time. So I I teeter between both, but I do want to be. I mean, I want to be a stand-up for sure. Wow. But, I, uh, but if I can be a writer, or because I also write, you know, shows and stuff like that too. I mean, nothing produced, but everything I've written scripts. So if I could get script produced and become a show writer, that'd be great too. But uh, but ultimately, I do want to be known as a great stand-up comic, whether yeah. in my city, whether in the world. Like I just want to be seen as a great stand-up comedian. Right. Uh, well, that there's a whole lot of places we can go there, and uh, I, you know, I think what you just said about writing script. You, you know what? I, I don't know. I've been sick lately, the last couple of weeks, and having like these delirious dreams and stuff. But one of one of the delirious dreams I had, uh, and it was just kind of, it just struck me as you you were saying that, is I I was in a room with a famous comedian trying, as a, a woman, trying to convince her that stand up comedy is is a difficult field for women right now, and that her greatest gift is when she does. Uh, Get comedy like scenes and stuff, and I was thinking there's probably a better avenue to become a bigger, more successful comedian in like not necessarily network sitcom, but in streaming uh, or coming up with with you know scenes and, and and sketch comedy and that kind of stuff because. I think women who do that can be more respected in, in their field than in stand-up comedy, where women still have a, a harder time competing with men. So that is just yeah. one thing that you know. So I think there is a whole opportunity there because 
the stand-up world right now is becoming saturated. There are people who are doing stand-up right now who I think you would agree. There is just too many people, people who are not really supposed to be doing stand-up comedy or doing stand-up comedy. I, I think there's more opportunity in sketch Especially comedy. After the, pandemic too, though. after the pandemic, I'm sure a lot of people felt like me and my brother were like, well, if we ever get a chance to get back on, I'm going to try it. And now people started coming out more and more. Now, slowly but surely, they're falling off. Like, throughout the years, of people are like, well, I'm going to be a stand-up comic. But then they realize it's not as fun or as easy as you think it is. And so they start slowly falling off. So I think once you start seeing the real people that are going to stick around, uh, that's when you can start building with them. Uh, like, we have a couple buddies of ours that we're working sketches, too. Um, and we're going to start producing them soon. Uh, and same thing is like that. It's like it's fun to be able to act it out, too, because you know, they're – you can just act a fool and whatever works best works best on stage you get one opportunity to make that joke land and if it doesn't you look like an idiot right so yeah. like in sketches you can just riff and riff and riff and riff and use the best one out of all those uh comparatively just one shot you got the whole crowd everybody's looking at you one shot you miss it you miss it you know what i mean Right. You have to not be, uh, you have to have not have any sensitivity towards when you're not, because everybody has a bad night, right? For sure. Um, oh, yeah. It's going to happen. It's comedy. Yeah. So, but you have to be able to, to let that uh, roll off your back and not really affect you. I think that that's where I would fail because one bad night is all I need to get suicidal. And you're, yeah. And you're like, I'm done. Not even done with comedy. I'm done with life. This is it. Yeah. yeah definitely. <laughs> you know, I remember. Story. Hold on, let me tell you story. So I was I was hosting I was hosting the show, uh, and there was a small crowd. It was legit six people. It was two couples, no three couples, and it was one table. And I was it was one table in front, right in front of the stage. And then but I was doing my thing, and I was doing my material. Nobody was laughing. I got no laughs for seven minutes, and I was like, oh. so finally after I finished, I was like, okay, are y'all ready for your next comedian? One single black woman in the front of the row. She just goes. Mm-hmm. And that, and that mm-hmm haunted my nightmares for a month. I was like, I was hearing, I would just hear, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh my god, that just killed me inside. But it's funny because like I get it, and like, and when I when I went home, like that's all I kept hearing in my head was that because mm-hmm. I ate it hard. But once again, it's just that's just comedy, and that's just. You get a funny story out of it and just move on to your next set. Yeah, but also, because people are different, that might have been the way she uh, uh, voices her approval. Like, that that might be, that might be for that woman, that might be the same as a belly laugh, like laughing, you know, yeah, laughing out. Yeah, true. <laughs> she looked so straight-faced, that did not look like a belly love. She was yeah. so, like, just serious, like, yeah, get off. <laughs> All right. And then the worst, my, my, I had the first comment come up, he was supposed to do 10 minutes. He only did seven minutes because same thing, he was using bombing. So I went in there just so I had to go back to do three more minutes to fill up his time. And same thing, I did three more minutes, nothing. And I was like, Jesus, here's your next comic. After that, I was like, just please, here's your next comic. Give it up for so and so. Here's your next comic. Like, I stopped trying to do material after that because that was just tough. Yeah. I, I remember when I was young, when my first wife, uh, I was just dating her at the time, and I played a gig. And she invited her mother and her aunt. All her family was coming to see me for the first time. And I was the only regular person from the band who made the gig. Everybody else was out that night, and I was using all subs. And the gig was a complete disaster. I mean, it was just, it was basically noise. It wasn't music. 
And at yeah. the end, I remember wanting to kill myself at the end of the night. I remember actually being in tears. Like, uh, I was young, and just just the fact that I had never bombed that bad and in front of people who meant something to me uh, or I wanted to impress, and all of a sudden I was just as bad as could be. I remember crying real tears and thinking I, I wanted to kill myself. It's, yeah, it's, I mean, and it's crazy because, like, the crowd doesn't know how seriously – like it is they think like oh this guy's just telling jokes and he's gonna get off and go get up here and blah 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 but this is art this is what we're trying to we're trying to art like show you our heart or our art or whatever like a piece of ourselves and you just said boo <laughs> like, <laughs> like here's me no not get out of here boo like that's so tough to, to process sometimes but once again i mean it's, it's if it's something you love it's just you gotta you gotta roll with it and keep on you know keep going forward as best you can and hope that it doesn't happen again yeah and I've never done one in front of black women. Now that I think about it, I've done. <laughs> and and uh, I, at first I wanted to think maybe it was me. I remember one time this last show actually I did I didn't joke because I have a joke about the Bible. Never joke about the Bible in front of black women. They do not play that. I started it and I said and I started it and they were like, oh no, don't do that. And I was like, nope, I'm already here, so I'm gonna finish this joke. So I finished it and nobody laughed. And I was like, and I started. I started coming after them. I was like, "It works with cocoa butter." Like five minutes later, I was like, "I was just tired of them." And I was like, oh, "You know, I was like, I never do one in front of black women. What's with y'all and cocoa butter?" Oh, I tried everything to try to make them laugh, but they did not like it. <laughs> well, uh, speaking of Bible jokes, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's it's time for a happy minute. Don't tell a Bible joke in front of Kiara. She's gonna she'll take your head off too. Uh, yeah, right. Hang with us for this. this uh, the, the happy minute which starts right now. Oh, that Kiara, meet George. Hi, Karen. Hi, George. She's, she's wearing sunglasses, and, and uh, she must be—it must be a very bright sun where you are. Mine look like sunglasses, but they're just tinted frames. <laughs> I'm not a dude; I just look cool. <laughs> So yeah, uh, cool. look, she's already mad because she heard you told a Bible joke. She looks, looks I didn't she... say it yet. <laughs> <laughs> now, what, why are you shaking your head? Like, are Bible jokes not uh, like not acceptable? I don't like them. You don't. Like and, them. and my my mom is an uber Christian, and she, she she doesn't like them either. It was it is not. I, I personally don't feel like it's bad, but I just once again, it's like I'm just trying to be funny. No, I think I think you listen. I've been in church where where uh, uh, pastors have told lots of Bible jokes over and over again. I think you can do it without being offensive. Yeah, be, um, it, my, mine is pretty offensive, but yeah. <laughs> it can. Yeah, it's possible if you really want it, if you really go for it. But yeah, no, mine is offensive. <laughs> I don't want to lie to you and act like it's not. <laughs> All right. Uh, how's your head feeling, Kriya? Um. It's better now that I threw up. Oh, well, that's good. There you go. I'm over? Uh, no. <laughs> oh, just sick? <laughs> it, it would feel better. It would be better if I was hungover, right? I just, I think I ate like a chorizo sausage and it had nitrates in it. And I think that's what gave me a migraine. Really? Wow. Freaking sausage. Yeah. Sausage. I think that's what it was. Well, if you know, yeah, if you know you have foods that trigger migraines, you got to never buy those foods. It said nitrate free. Nitrate free. All lies. All lies. 
They lied to me. So George is from San Antonio, Texas. I'm going to ask you because I know you've never been anywhere. The Alamo. No. The Alamo. Never been to the Alamo? Never been to the Alamo. You know about the Alamo? I heard he's a great guy. The Alamo is <laughs> a great chill. guy? <laughs> he's pretty chill. That's, you get to know him. <laughs> That's my joke. Students. All right. Yeah. All right. N name, name, uh, name one person who was at the Alamo. Uh, who was one person at the Alamo? Hold on, hold on. We're thinking. We're thinking. Who's that? Huh? Matt giving you the answer? Who's that? Who was one person at the Alamo? What the hell is the Alamo? What the hell is the Alamo? Wait, 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 wait. You don't, re you don't remember the Alamo? I'm full of nitrates. Refresh my memory. What is that? The What's Alamo, you know, uh, Santa, Santa Ana uh, wanted to, to take back this uh, part of Texas, and they were, were holding off the Mexican army in this George little church. George Washington. Bam. Close. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Prince Prince Philip. All right, I'll give you a couple of Michael names. Michael Jackson. I'll give you a couple of names <laughs> you can hold on to in case anybody ever asks you this question again. Okay. Davy Crockett. That's exactly what I was going to say. That was my first one. Davy Crockett, Jim Bowie, the Bowie knife. Davy Crockett, Jim Bowie. That's Davey all I know. Crockett wore uh, what is it? The coonskin cap. So I mean, I don't know if that helps with anything. Yeah. Davy Crockett. Davy yeah. Crotch Rocket. Okay. Yeah, okay. I love it. it was a yeah, Tennessee volunteer, a Tennessee volunteer, and went to to help uh, help out at the Alamo. Because oh, thank thank it God was Texas's stand against Mexico. All Good. right, wow, I can't believe it. so. All this high school and stuff was all for naught. High schools of <laughs> a fraud. High school Amen. is not real. Amen. And then they try to take your money in college, so it's even worse. I I have so much debt for college, and you know what I got from it? I got high, and that was it. And I get twenty thousand dollar, yeah, bill to get high. Just to get high, that's crazy. Well, and you, you learn nothing. Very soon they're gonna Are you do you still have that debt, or did you pay it off? I don't think I qualify for that debt relief program thing. Everybody will. I'm I'm thinking about going back to school <laughs> just to bring up a bunch of college debt. Just so I can get forgiven for it. That's a good idea. Uh, I should do that. Uh, yeah, I want to go. You know, sign up for some classes, hit on some twenty-one-year-old girls, and that's a life. Yeah. Yeah, and as get long paid. As you feel things. Yeah, and get, get paid for it. And get high, and then get money from the government on on college debt, and spend it all on weed or whatever, and then have them forgive it. Yeah, that sounds amazing. That's you know, my I'm, plan. I'm in too. Yeah, I'm in too. Let's do it. Okay. Yeah. All right. What's, what's our major gonna be? What's my major? I, I've yeah. already I've already got a degree, so I mean I'd have to start over again. I guess I would Ooh. pick. What what's your pick? degree in? Journalism, communications. Journalism. Oh, cool. Yeah, cool. Uh, this is what I'm doing. This is <laughs> how I'm, I applied that uh, that yeah. great education I got. Uh, <laughs> nice. Yeah, you look really cool with the sunglasses. Though you should do this every morning, even when you don't have a migraine. Come on with it. You like my thing. robe? Wait, look, it has a hood too. Yeah. Oh. Oh. I have a jacket what? that's bare fur. 
and then the hood has bare ears on. I should have worn it today. You should have worn it today. I wish it was no. I wish it was cool robe day. I would have known. I wish I wanted to know, and I would have got it. I would have brought it with me. <laughs> now, I could. I could go. Oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to go there. Uh, let's just uh, make the day easy for you. You want to do your little shtick and get out of here? Yeah, let's get this over with. Yeah, get it over <laughs> with. Go ahead. I got a toilet bowl with my name on it. All right. This is uh, this is according to UPI. Okay, have you ever seen those? Oops, I dropped my, my news source. Hold on. I've, see, I've have, seen that. I've seen. Have like, you ever seen... Those toilet bowls, I've only seen one one time, and they're like, they're like, I don't know what they are. They're like these huge holes in the ground, and like, it just everything goes to the bottom. And they say that they, I don't Is know, toilet bowls. Oh, they're toilet bowls. Oh, <laughs> that are in no, the ground. No, no, oh, it's a uh, huge hole. Septic tank. Oh. No, I went. I went like hiking upstate one day, and they were like, "Oh yeah, we process our own sewage, and it's pretty cool. Yeah, Check it out." And, what? No, I, I don't know. And you lift the lid, and it's supposed to be eco-friendly, and it's just a gaping hole, and you could go so, down. It, you could you, you could get lost in that into thing. Peeing into the void, or what? Yeah, Wait, peeing who, into the void. You're peeing into the void. Whoa. Wait, I'm confused. Is it is it a toilet like you stand over it, or is the toilet you sit on? What 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 are we talking about? It's like it's like it's like a eco like they compost their own waste. I don't know. It's like a big hole. It's like a toilet bowl, but instead of like water and you can't see anything, it looks like a porta potty hole except it goes all the way down to the ground. Have you ever all seen all the way this to thing? China? No, I've never seen one. Yeah, well, China, all right. Yeah. <laughs> This woman, <laughs> this woman, trying to retrieve her cell phone, falls into the toilet tank. <laughs> this is this is my worst nightmare. Listen, listen to this. Firefighters in Washington came to the rescue of a woman who fell into a vault toilet, a vault toilet, while trying to retrieve her dropped cell phone. The Brennan Fire Department said crews responded to the vault toilet near Mount Walker parking lot when a woman was reported trapped in the commode's tank. Wait, this is the twist. The department said in a Facebook post that the woman in her 40s had dropped her phone in the toilet and fell while trying to retrieve it. She found she was unable to get out on her own and called 911 after locating her phone. Oh, my God. Uh, that's a nightmare. I, I now I would probably be considering committing suicide after. I'd like first of all I wouldn't I would just get a new phone. I'd just say sorry I just lost my phone forever. That I'm not going to retrieve that phone. No. But yeah, she literally went to hell and back for that. Yeah, no, they you know a couple of years ago when we had because we still have septic tanks where I live. There's no sewage sewage service out here where in the country where I live. So people still have septic tanks, and the guy fell in, uh, and he had to be rescued. And it was like, like, don't rescue, don't rescue me, just shoot me, just, just kill me, just leave me to die here. Get a shotgun. (laughs) That's and and put the lid back on. (laughs) Kill me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just fill it up, and I'm out. (laughs) Yeah, but no, they dragged him out, and then oh my god. Then he's full I of shit. Being covered in shit. Like, yeah, yeah I would, couldn't imagine being covered in shit like that. That's crazy. Oh my god! I'm looking and up. Not pictures your own, of... which is worse. 
Yeah, I looked right. up pictures of vault, vault toilets, and they come in all different kinds. There's actually square ones, uh, like rectangular ones. There are like ones that you kind of mentioned, which is just a hole in the ground. But I'm thinking you got to stand over it. Then it's uh, I, guys. No, it, they 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 put a toilet there, and you lift the lid, thinking it's going to be a toilet. And it's just a hole. It's like this. Big oh, okay. Pipe. So it doesn't. There's nothing to flush. It just goes down and. Ooh. It just goes down. <laughs> I've never heard of that. And then she mom. dropped her phone in that and what she went she dug her way in. Man, that oh, takes some real in. fucking Yeah, she really wanted team. that phone. <laughs> you really wanted that phone, man. <laughs> she had some shit on that phone. She didn't want nobody else to see. Right, right. Yes. Well, yes. Nobody yes. else would have. Not, I can't imagine anybody. Oh, yeah. look, there's a free iPhone. No. Yeah, oh, check it out. Boom, pedophilia. <laughs> Crazy. Well, I'm glad uh, you brought up that shitty that's a really shitty story. Uh, and that, that's not exactly a happy moment, but I I'll, we'll cut you some slack today. Anyway. Okay. That made me laugh. <laughs> yeah. All right. We're letting you out of here. Go feel better. Uh, go use your... Uh, feel better. Thank you. Thank, yeah. thank you. See you. Bye. And yeah, that's uh, that's that. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. All right, you're on the wrong side, George. There you go. I was so confused. Like, wow. Uh, yeah, no vault toilets. That's uh, that's new on me. I guess I learn something every day. Um, so back to comedy in San Antonio. Now, uh, comedy clubs. Are you working any weird like rooms, like things that are not necessarily made for comedy? Um, yeah, well, so the, when, I, when I first started, there was a, a, a coffee shop that we would do um, open mics at. And it's crazy, same thing, it would be like three or four people in the crowd, like nothing crazy. But just the stuff that people would talk about sometimes, like it's weird to see like, you know, oh, I'm talking about my dick in the middle of a coffee shop, like the sun's still out. Like, why are you talking about your dick on a microphone like that? It's, it's weird. But I mean, in the city, mostly not really. Everything that has open mics is usually a comedy club. Or uh, uh, bars and stuff like that here, and they have their own setup with stages and stuff. So thank God we haven't done anything crazy just yet. I know there's a barber shop starting to, to pick up mics too, and uh, I've been wanting <laughs> to do that one. The same thing is just seems weird doing stand up while somebody's getting a haircut. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I have had this idea for music, but I think it would work even better in comedy uh, for many years because I I did. And let me see. I could. I'll just show you really quickly. Uh, where is it? Where is it? Ba, 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 ba. Oh, I can't show you really quickly because I'm so lame. That's why. Uh, coffee shop. No. Oh, it's too, it's too big for me to, to add to this thing. So I did this show. It was in a supermarket on a Sunday morning with a full band. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, and, and so it was just it's 11 o'clock on a Sunday morning in the supermarket. And I got this idea that, wow, this would make a great like mockumentary of a band that is on its way down after after having some success and now they're like really trying to just stay in the game and they're both playing like laundromats and jiffy lubes and uh libraries yeah but it would be great to put together like a a mockumentary about comedians doing shows in i don't know the weird crazy places yeah yeah i know there used to be a a laundromat show literally down the street from my house uh before i came back i remember that was there it lasted two weeks and then they just stopped announcing it anymore. There was a reggae bar too, and that was weird because like you would have reggae playing in another room, 
and you'd have stand up in another room and you can hear the music. So it's like you're talking over Bob Marley pretty much. Oh like, my god. It's tough to get like your joke across when you hear na 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 like right next to you. So this, that was tough. That's a situation that always comes into my mind when I think about comedy in bars because in music you can be background music. You can't be background yeah. comedy. So you got to get people's attention. And sometimes in bars, people just don't want to pay attention to the stage. They want to talk. They want to try. They want to drink. They want to talk to their yeah. friends and all that stuff. So it can be really hard in bars. There's actually there's this, 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 uh, this Thursday open mic that they, they used to do. Uh, and it was at the bar. It was, it was just an all-black bar. And we only, I've only went to it once because we went there. It was this, The mic started at 11 o'clock. So it was already late as it is. So when we get into the room that they're going to do the show in, and there's people in there dancing and drinking, just having the best time of their life. And we go in there, and we cut the music, and we're like, all right, everybody, we're going to do stand-up now. And everybody left. Everybody just went outside to keep <laughs> drinking and dancing. So I was like, I told my brother, I was like, that felt sort of racist, just going in there and being like, cut your music off. We're doing our jokes now. Listen to us. And they just left. After that, we're like, I'm never coming back here again. That was terrible. And nobody yeah. listened. Nobody was there for us. They left and we were just doing our material for us again. So I was like, nah, let's just never do that again. That was, that was weird. But I think that was about the weirdest one. We just cut the whole music off. And they looked at us too like, what's going on? And they were like, we're going to do stand on there, everybody. And then the first act dropped the mic and broke it. So we had to, we had to just enunciate and talk like over the people and like to do our material. It's same thing. We're like, no, we're never doing that again. That was horrible. You gotta have some theatrical training there. Really, oh, really oh, well, for real. project to the back of the room. And, and yeah, yeah, yeah. They gotta feel it outside. Yeah, some see it's, the, the delivery sometimes requires subtlety, and and so you can't be yelling every joke. Yelling, at, so, uh -huh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was weird. I didn't like that ever. So like, we're never going back there. Yeah, and the reason I I, I kind of because I was. You don't look, <laughs> you don't you don't look like a guy who would be concerned about doing clean comedy, which is why I asked this. Because you say you're working in hotels and stuff, I think in when you're working those kind of places, like a hotel, a ballroom or something, you have to kind of work harder at being clean. Or am I wrong about yeah. that? Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, and and I I and the good thing about here, especially since I've been here so long, and I've joked with the upper ups of the dumb stuff I talk about and my dumb jokes. Like, they know who I am. So, like, at this point, they're like, oh, that's just George. So, they're, they're not, they don't really, like, so the first year I did it, I accidentally said shit. Uh, and they, and I'll also know it's funny because I made a joke. So, I worked in room service at the time before the, the show. I worked in room service and they shut us down because we weren't doing any business. So, me and my buddies were just there hanging out all day getting paid. So, they shut us down. I made a joke about that. Little did I know the managers got upset because I joked about that. But, but some of them are like, well, that's just George. Like, he doesn't even know. He's just saying what he sees. And so I've, I've gotten this reputation here where they're like, well, that's just George. Whether that's a good thing or bad thing, because I say a lot of dumb things, eventually they're just like, ah, well, that's just George, you know? So yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how to take it as a good or bad thing, but I enjoy it because I, I have the freedom to be myself. And people just kind of like, ah, okay, well, that's just George. He's fine. Like, we're not going to write him up for saying shit on stage. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Or making fun of the managers. Or he's just saying a joke that he shouldn't have said. Like, I, I remember the second year I did it, uh, they had fired a whole bunch of people. So during that firing, uh, I did an in-memoriam slideshow for them. 
And same thing as like a lot of people that have been there for like 30 plus years that they didn't want to fire. That would be, I'm over here making a joke about it. Oh, we all remember her and blah, blah, blah. So then the year after that, they had to get, they had to get me a partner to check me, to, to stop me from doing a lot of the, they didn't want to give me free range anymore because they know I would start making fun of other people that I shouldn't make fun of. And so they gave me somebody to be like, oh, what about this? No, George, I don't think they would, I don't think they'd be cool with that. But what about this? No, 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 George, they wouldn't be cool with that either. So eventually, eventually they figured they had to at least put somebody in front of me to tell me no every once in a while. Because if they let me run free, I would just go bananas and say things I'm not supposed to say out loud. Yeah, yeah. somebody said it sounds like a, a name of a special, just George, and you must be reading my mind because I was kind of thinking the same thing. Um, how how many minutes do you, do you have? An hour? Do you have a, a half hour? Forty? What do you? Right now, I have a solid uh, a solid fifteen, a decent twenty. So I'm okay. working. I'm still working on getting a good thirty because I I well, this is what I want. I don't know if it's gonna happen, but what I want is I want to be able to film a half hour special uh, sometime this year. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Sometime this year, I want to film a half-hour special. Put it out because I, I think the material that I've had, I've, I've been doing it for a while now, and uh, it's good. I mean, it's funny material, but I want to start advancing and I want to start moving on to other things. But I do want to get this material. I guess how you say, like on wax. Like I want to put it out. I want to put it on a, on a special. Put it out that way. I can have them out and never have to do them again, and then start over again and same thing. Get it. or I want to at least hold on to that and do another out. Do another thirty and get a whole hour before I do a special. So it's one or the other, but I do want to film a special coming up soon. Well, if you do that, uh, I'll help you out. I'll come down with cameras and and, and support you and, and do, uh, do oh, all the production awesome. work for you. But yeah. he, he, here's some advice I'm going to give you, and you don't have to take my advice. You can just oh, say that stupid old man. Call it un, un, unspecial. Call it something other than a special. I feel like the word special... <laughs> has lost its meaning because no, sure. back in the day it came out back in the day because HBO would have non-comedy programming and all of a sudden they'd have movies on well this is a special thing that we're doing we're having George Collin on it's a special and then everybody just took that word and now every comedy performance is called a special so yeah, specials lose their meaning yeah, yeah you're right Call it an unspecial special or uh, <laughs> something. An know, evening with George Rosales. Yeah. yeah. A, a not so special comedy show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right because you're right. That, that one didn't special did. Anybody, anybody just dropping specials now. Right. Yeah, I guess you're right. So it's not special anymore. It's not special. It's nothing special about it. There are 7 billion hours of comedy on Netflix and Amazon Prime and HBO and wherever. Cinematic. YouTube and everything. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, but, so we'll soon, but hopefully I can drop something soon to, to kind of same thing, just exposure and put it out there and let people kind of see, you know, who I am and what we do here. Like I said, I think I want to bring more, more light to San Antonio because a lot of comics, once they get big here in San Antonio, they move on to Austin they move on to New York, Chicago, Los Angeles. And I feel like if we could keep some of that talent here and build San Antonio up, we would look, be looked at more as a comedy city. Because there's a lot of comedy fans here. A lot of people that love comedy and love to laugh and love to, to support. You know what I mean? But as soon as people get big enough, they want to leave. Yeah. And I, I would, stick I would say this. L.A. LA and Austin, if I were a comedian, I'd avoid both like the plague. Because... Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you don't want to be doing what everybody else is doing. You want to differentiate, differentiate yourself. And what happens with L.A. and Austin 
uh, and it used to be in New York, but it's more just L.A. and Austin right now in, in this way, is that you get people going there at thinking, I'm going to make it big. And then what you get is just, it's almost like a homeless population of comedians. Or, and you get, it's just inundated. The funniest with, homeless in the world or what? <laughs> yeah, right. Right. So, it, yeah, no, I, I would definitely, I think you're right there, but at some point I think you have to go to Oshkosh and and all those ridiculous places, Tucumcari, sure. New Mexico, places yeah. where they have the population 30 and you're going to play for but that's the way you know again i come back to you even jesus uh, wasn't a hit in his hometown because sometimes you just have to leave and then when you come back you're like oh yeah he's ours yeah, we, i remember him yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. this that other joint blah blah, blah. yeah yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I, yeah like i said i like I, I love the city i love the city so much and i do love like i said there is so much talent here that i think it's a shame that we're not looked at like we looked at disdain because we're San Antonio comics. Like right. when we, I feel like we have more, more to offer than just you know your Austin comics, your Dallas comics, your Houston comics. So they all seem like the same person with the same cadence. But you come here and everybody's different. Everybody's right. different. Everybody's their own person. Everybody's got their stories to tell and their life. And I think that's going unappreciated. I had a young guy on from Dallas uh, two days ago, and he's, he seemed to be uh, – Dallas seems to have a, a very lively comedy scene there, a lot of clubs, and uh, but also trying to di- differentiate themselves from, from Austin. Like, we're not yeah. Austin. It's- Everybody's trying to now, especially because Austin is looked at as the mecca of comedy right now, especially in Texas, when it's like, well, no, because everybody there is just the same comic, just different jokes. You know what I mean? But it's the same, the same person you're pretty much seeing. Cause especially because a lot of Austin comes, so I do this this club uh, down here called the Blind Tiger, and it's a uh, it's one of a very big club. Like a lot of Austin people want to come down and see, so they come down to to do the, their shows. And same thing, you got five Austin comics back to back to back. You're gonna hear the same da 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 over and over again. At least with us, you know, you got some blah blah blah, some more you know more storytelling, more expanding on their on what they're talking about, and just quick one liners, and, and or just people trying to throw you off. So same thing, like like uh, they'll say something and then. Oh, black guy or whatever, and everybody. Oh, like same thing, Shock Valley, and it's like it's, right. it's just different. It's different, and I, 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 I think we need to show. I think San Antonio should get more exposure and more, or even same thing. Keep your talent here. We don't have to leave. We can make San Antonio big. Let's make San Antonio big. Let's put it on the map. Everybody right. just knows the Alamo and the Spurs. It's like no, let's comedy, wrestling, everything. Like we have so much to offer in this city that I think we should be able to to be able to be up there with. The Austins and the LAs and the New Yorks and all that. All right. If now, we, I, 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 you mentioned the Blind Tiger, and I'm on your Facebook page, and there's a, a um, the link is in the description to your Facebook page, and uh, it's scrolling across the bottom of the page. But the Blind Tiger thing, uh, um, it, it doesn't have a date on it. I was thinking it was this Saturday, April 30th, but that's someplace well, so else. Every, every Friday. They, they do, we do shows there every Friday on 10 o'clock. Uh, it's usually depending on the show, it's like one-liners or like one-liner shows or, you know, something like that. And then there's a little more of a showcase. And then at midnight is a, uh, a secret show, which is like most of the local comics get to like, well, most of them, they, you have to get invited to do that club. You can't just go on in there. Because uh, they think they want like quality comedy for for um, the crowd that they do pull in because it gets packed. It's a small room, but it gets packed every night, every Friday. And then now they're currently starting to do weekend or Saturday shows now too. So it's every Friday, uh, the Blind Tiger is, is, is a, you're gonna find a good show. You're always gonna find a good show with quality comics, whether from Austin, from here. Sometimes they bring Houston, Dallas guys, in the town, California guys. Uh, Jeff Dye's done that room. Uh, Hans Kim's done that room. So it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's a lot of, it's a, it's a good room. It's a great room to do comedy in, but it's a lot like 
good comedians, the big big dog comedians coming to do that room once they come into San Antonio too. Very cool. Now, uh, Facebook, uh, are you, are, do you have a other presence other than Facebook? Because that's the only place I found you. Are you on Twitter? Are you on TikTok? Are you on YouTube? Any of those? Uh, yeah, so YouTube not right now yet. I have my Instagram. Uh, it's a fat, jump, fat jump man, uh, like Jordan Jumpman, Fat Jumpman, on Instagram, which is mostly where you're going to see a lot of my flyers and a lot of my stuff like that. Uh, Twitter, uh, <laughs> at BearsFan underscore 85. I haven't, I haven't made that a comedy page. That's mostly just my goofy Twitter uh, but I love the Chicago Bears, so I, uh, uh, that's my, my Twitter, at BearsFan underscore 85. If you could, send me those in a DM, and I will put them in the description for people and make it make it easy for them to click on and find you that way. Okay. Cool. All right, cool. Well, I, I thank you. I wish you great success. I'm going to be down in Austin in October with a camera crew. I'm going down to the uh, Altercation Comedy Festival. I'm going to do some uh, production of interviews and, and backstage stuff down there. But if I can make it to San Antonio, I'll come and see you. And maybe if you have your 30 minutes down by then, maybe we could. Uh, I, I'm serious. I would definitely help you out with it. With, a non yeah. non special. Our non special special, yeah. <laughs> Just well, another Tuesday. I'll let yeah. you. I'll let you get back to work and making the coffee. Uh, I do appreciate you coming here, and and be great to get to know you. And if there's anything I can do to help support you, you just let me know, man. Uh, you've been a great guest, and I appreciate you being here. I appreciate that a lot. Thank you for having me. Thanks. Bye for now. Bye. Stay in touch. Bye. Judge Rosales, folks. Um, San Antonio. Go figure. Uh, it sounds like a cool, cool scene that's going on down there, though. Um, I want to answer some of the stuff that was uh, going on in the um, <laughs> chat room here before. Christina said, uh, I need Mind Dog's time slot to change so I'm not always uh, asleep. Well, I'm going to be changing, but w I, here's a question if you're still, at, still there. Um, earlier or later? Uh, which do you prefer? I think I'm doing both. As of Monday, we will be part of Governor's Comedy Club's Gov's podcast, Gov's radio um, lineup, and we will be the morning show over there. Now, um, I have to end that show by 1045 so that the next show, the following show, Knock 'em Dead Comedy Show, takes over at 11. Well, I didn't need 15 minutes to, to prepare. So I, I basically should be able to go one into another, but they can't do that for now. So I'm going to have to uh, end at 1045, but I'm not sure I'm going to actually end. I'm thinking I'm going to end the stream on Govs and put it on my Patreon page, but not leave it behind the paywall so that it's open to the public. But so basically switch over to then and probably do an extra hour at that point and expand the show. Again, I'm looking to reduce the amount of evening shows that I do to one a week tops, like a Wednesday night evening show and do away with the daily evening show, the everyday uh, evening shows. And so um, or do away with that and concentrate and expand the morning show uh, so I might start earlier and, and later, make it a four-hour show, not five, four, four-hour show uh, with the early part of it from, say, 8 a.m. Eastern. Ooh, I'm really talking about early time. 8 a.m. Eastern until 10.45 a.m. Eastern on the Gov's 
podcast and then switch over to my Patreon page for the next hour and 15 minutes. That's what I'm looking at. It might not work out and there might be a lots of, uh, um, lots of changes to that. So, uh, just would love all your feedback. And also if you could, uh, please do get on my mailing list. The link is on minddogtv.com. We can just sign up for the mailing list in case, in case social media just blows up and I just don't want to use that to promote this stuff anymore. Obviously, um, I will have the information out about the Gov's URL and all that stuff and be sharing that on Twitter and Facebook and every other social media platform I'm on. Um, still need to work out all that stuff. Having been really sick the last week or so, I've done nothing to prepare for this. I got now three days, four days to get my ducks in a row on this stuff. I got a lot of work to be doing. Uh, Sugar Cat says, during during the Andy uh, Potterson, I fell asleep to his lullabies on guitar. Well, it, it wasn't necessarily that. It was um, the time that I was doing that. That was, I believe, 4 a.m. and 5 a.m. Uh, Eastern time. So, yeah, it's not surprising to fall asleep no matter what's going on. Uh, it was kind of like a Bob Ross moment. Uh, happy little bush over here. Uh, let's just paint the happy. Everybody needs a friend. Anyway, um, I appreciate uh, you guys for hanging with me. Uh, was happy for me. No, I don't know. Uh, we need. To, I really need to get to some sponsorship, some real sponsorship to support Kara. Or if you really want, if you love that segment, please do tell people about it. Get people coming back. And also, uh, I'm going to be sharing the merch and anything we can do to make it pay for Kara because she's putting in a lot of time. And really, at this point, not making any money on it. And, you know, it's not about the money necessarily, but um, we need, definitely need to support her uh, in that. So I'm, I'm still working hard on getting the serial sponsorship for the Happy Minute. Uh, still haven't heard from them. But, again, I've taken a week off from the business stuff, which really neglected stuff around here. Anyway, please do let people know uh, that you support the program. Keep coming back. Um, and um, that's it for today, I guess. Uh, I will uh, tonight. I have an interview. Speaking of my evening show, with a very young author, Shante. Uh, what's Shante's her last name? Hirsch. Uh, what is it? Shante Hershenson started publishing novels at seven years old. She doesn't look. From the photo I got of her, uh, I have not met her yet, but uh, she doesn't look a whole lot older than that now. I would say she's probably a teenager or young 20s at best, but has been in the publishing game writing novels since she was and publishing novels since she was seven years old. Should be an interesting program then. Um, and again, uh, looking to, to kind of end, uh, not end, but re reduce the evening programs to one a week tomorrow uh the king of grants new mexico in uh iowa's own homegrown william conway will be back with us tomorrow look forward to that he's got some uh, announcements about uh record album that's coming out and some other big shows in the abq area so please be with us for that so until then i'm matt napo for coffee with the dog thanks for coming i love you people see you tomorrow bye for now
me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now.